This is the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh Havens. And I'm Chris Lambert. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us today, and we hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He will help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. Daniel M. is the Director of Church Multiplication for NewChurches.com at Lifeway Christian Resources. He serves as a teaching pastor at The Fellowship, a multi-site church in Nashville. He's the author of No Silver Bullets, Five Small Shifts That Will Transform Your Ministry, and Planting Missional Churches, Your Guide to Starting Churches That Multiply. He also co-hosts the New Churches Q&A podcast, the Five Leadership Questions podcast, and a brand new podcast with his wife on marriage and parenting called the In-Between Podcast. He has an MA in Global Leadership and has served and pastored in church plants in multi-site churches ranging from 100 people to 50,000 people in Vancouver, Ottawa, Montreal, Korea, Edmonton, and Nashville. He's a scholar practitioner who can not only create theory, but also implement it in an innovative way to solve problems. His experience and strength is in creating alignment and momentum within teams and churches by implementing strategies and systems to move the church towards multiplication. In other words, he's a strategic thinker that can produce rather than a strategic thinker that can muse. He's been married to his wife, Christina, since 2006, and they have three children. Today, we're excited to talk to Daniel and really focus in on his book, No Silver Bullets. And although his book is focused on helping the church grow in systematic ways of discipleship, building systems and micro-shifts that will lead its entire congregation into more formed disciples in general, we want to talk to him about his system because there's a lot there that can apply to us in our personal lives. Even though it's aimed at leaders in the macro of the church— We found that it can be very practical with these small shifts implemented in our own lives, and Daniel has a lot to say about how we can grow as disciples personally and how our individual growth can affect the larger body. In this first chapter, we get into a little bit of Daniel's life and history and what really led him to want to write his book, No Silver Bullets. We find that the author's story is so influential in the reason why they write, and having that background, having that information really helps connect us as an audience to the specific themes and information, the, the lessons that he has learned over time. So as we jump in maybe with this first chapter, it's not as heavy about the strategies in his book, but pay attention to the themes as we explore his life, because they come up repeatedly in our conversations Um, as we go forward, as the specific implementations of those lessons he's learned. Daniel, it's great to talk to you. Welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here, guys. I thought a great place to begin our conversation would just be, um, what led you to write the book, No Silver Bullets? So it initially came out of wrestling with um, how how to better disciple consumeristic Christians, Right, the sense where individuals are maybe coming once or twice a month, and and missionally they're not engaging, they're not they're not really evangelizing at all. Maybe their Bible reading is 
up and down. And from a church perspective, I mean, obviously, the, the more individuals you have, the more you have across the spectrum of, of those who are engaged, who are not engaged. And so I was thinking about it from a church, um, from, a, from a leadership perspective of how do we as church leaders better engage everyone in the life of the church, you know, both the core to the crowd or, you know, and, and those on the fringes, how do we engage everyone better in discipleship? How do we better disciple, uh, in, in a campus? And we were a, a multi-site church at the time and, and in a campus of a hundred people, that's Hispanic speaking, you know, hundred, 150 people to, you know, a 200 person video venue to a, you know, a few thousand member, uh, larger campus. Like how do you disciple well, but not relegate it all to a program? Programs are not bad. Uh, programs are useful, but when the program is the end and getting through the program, you know, people equate that with being discipled. Discipleship happened. Hopefully it happened a lot. But just as you you, it doesn't mean you were discipled. And I think a lot of times because of our Western educational system, we equate completion with maturity. Right. We, we equate completion with competency. So so I was just really trying to get away from that and, and approach it from a how do we better structure and, and organize our churches around that? It was cool, though, um, as I was getting into this and as I was writing it, it was when I was at the church. And then I eventually moved down to Nashville to work at Lifeway. And and there's an entire research department here that I was able to to lean on and and really unpack a lot of the research around what truly causes spiritual growth. So that's a lot of the stuff that I unpacked in the book. So when you were trying to work this out at the church you were at at the time, was a lot of it just sort of trial and error you were wrestling with it? And uh, what did that process look like um, sort of solidifying that? Or did some of that not come until you started working at Lifeway and had access to those other resources? Yeah, it all started with a, and I remember we did an offsite retreat with our adult team, and it was really a question of what does a disciple look like, right? That, that was a question we started with, and what ended up happening as we all had basically different definitions of what a disciple looked like, basically ended up with what I say in the book, that we often disciple the way that we've been discipled unless we consciously do so otherwise. So it was fascinating to see everyone's perspective, different generations, male, female, um, different lengths of staff and tenure at the church, different levels of theological education, some with no theological education, and everyone having a little bit of a different perspective as to what it means to be a disciple. So I was like, wait a second, so how much of this really relates to the way that you were discipled? And wait a second, okay, if that if that's the case, and that's what we think a disciple is, how often do we actually then just disciple others, right? How often do we then just disciple others the way that we were discipled? And it might have worked for us, but how do we know that it's going to work 15, 20 years later or however long later it is? So that that's what really led to stumbling upon the, the LifeWay research transformational discipleship research. And all I had was, was what was published at the time. And, and it was massive, right? It was like two major research projects and amazing starting place. But the issue I had with the research, and this is when I was at a local church up in Canada, uh, the issue I had with the research is there are eight characteristics, there are eight attributes for what a disciple was. And I'm like, man, I love the fact that this is a lot more nuanced than what many people 
might say, and, and even if you say, okay, a mature disciple is someone who exhibits the fruit of the spirit, still, how do you know you have love or joy or peace or, you know, and, and, and how do you know that, right? It's not actionable in, in a sense. And, and not that discipleship is really, I mean, there are aspects of it being actionable, but, you know, you think about first Corinthians three, we need to plant we need to water, but God is ultimately the one that brings about the growth. So in light of all that, right, I mean, all that swaying around, I was I was like, I love the research. Let's use this. But the issue I had was I can't memorize all eight. And if I, as a pastor who is studying this material and I have theological education and I have, you know, if I'm having a hard time remembering, let alone understanding, but remembering this, how do I expect everyone else to do that? And it's not like the acronym works as well. If you, if you were to put the eight, you know, the eight attributes, it spells bosses BB. (laughs) (laughs) Like the first thing that comes to my mind is boss baby, right? Cause my kids will watch (laughs) boss baby. And I'm like, Boss baby is not a good picture of spiritual maturity, (laughs) right? So I had an issue with that, right? And I had the issue with, okay, you could actually legitimately, possibly even legalistically manufacture a lot of these characteristics of maturity in your life. So how how does it work? Well, a couple of years later, I I come down, move down to Nashville, start working at Lifeway and, and knock on the door of Lifeway Research. And I was like, hey, guys, I love the work that you did, but here's my issue with it. Is there, you know, I use this this example in the book, right? The example of dieting, this idea of outputs and inputs, right? This idea of if you want to diet, a lot of times we just say, hey, I want to lose weight. That's not really a goal because you're going to not have any way to get about that, right? Or otherwise, you know, we have output goals like, okay, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. But just because you say you want to lose 10 pounds doesn't mean – like just because you have that clear output goal doesn't mean you're actually going to lose weight either, right? And then you have the input goals, ways of dieting, where it's like I'm going to track my calories, I'm going to exercise, all, all that stuff, get my steps in. But but what's the number one thing you want to do once you you know after you work out? You want to eat, right? <laughs> and sometimes you justify eating more and eating more junk and more fried food and more all that stuff because you worked out, right? So it's all it's all going to work out. So you can actually gain weight by working out, (laughs) right, rather than losing it. So I talk about in the book the idea of inputs and outputs together. And and, in dieting, it's super clear, right? It's like go go online, here's a calculator, put your age, your weight, how much pounds you want to lose by when, and it'll spit out what your net calories should be. So you control your inputs, and if you do that, you will get your output. Well, when it comes to discipleship, I presented that to the team, and I was like, okay, does does this paradigm exist? Are these the inputs, are these eight attributes the inputs that lead to the output of maturity? And if they are, how do you prevent people from legalistically doing them? Or are these actually the outputs of maturity? And is there actually, are there actually inputs behind them? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the outputs. There are inputs behind them. And we know what they are. We haven't published them anywhere, but we know what they are because of regression analysis. And I'm like, you ever get that moment where someone says a word to you and you have no idea what they're talking about? 
right? Like right now, yeah. right? I saw yeah. your guys. That's a seminary like, word for the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I kind of went like, oh, regression analysis. Yeah, of course. Of course. How did I not think <laughs> of regression <laughs> analysis? <laughs> but just so that I know what you, uh, just so that I know that, that you know what you're talking about, can you just explain what that is? All right. And I still didn't get it. All right. <laughs> But basically, through the research, they're able to discover patterns and they're able to discover patterns of, hey, if you do these few things, um, people who do these few things among those that they surveyed, actually all aspects or different aspects of the output goals, uh, the aspects of maturity increase. So that's a lot of the stuff that I that I wrestled with. I know that's a long winded answer, but that's kind of how it all came together. So regression analysis might sound like a bit of an awkward place to end an episode. But really, it's important to underscore how important the habits are that we have in the way that they end up building our lifestyle. Yeah, because really we point a lot to the outcomes of spiritual growth. We look at, well, I'm reading my Bible 30 minutes a day, or I'm less prideful. I'm, I'm not getting mad at the people that are cutting me off in traffic. And, and that's really what we say is the, the mark or the sign of a spiritually mature person. And really, it's about the things that cause us to behave in those ways that we really need to focus on there. And those are the inputs. That's right. And so uh, we were talking about exercise and a really good illustration (laughs) for how even some of those habits can be uh, dangerous if we don't really look at everything around them. Josh and I, when we started working out at this, uh, this new gym, coincided with the opening of Five Guys in our town. So like any good red-blooded men, we would go work out, and then we'd go to Five Guys and get like a triple stack cheeseburger with, with mushrooms and onions and bacon massive and amounts of fries. That's right. Because, <laughs> you know, yeah, we worked out, and we could afford a few carbs. <laughs> and so we gained a little weight along the way. <laughs> but that's why it's so important to recognize both of those habits. And we're going to get a little bit more into the inputs and outputs of our habits later on this week in chapter three. So for right now, I think something that could be very helpful is actually just to write out some of your output goals when it comes to discipleship. Who is it that you ultimately want to end up being? So just take a few minutes and write down a list of who it is and why you would want to be that way. And hopefully, Later this week, we'll get to discussing ways that you can begin to create inputs that will lead naturally to those outputs. Thanks for listening to the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening at Daily Growth, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. Or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.